0: Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing and having fun while doing it it's time for you to get the edge here are your hosts brad warhurt jeff coplin jim martin and greg gonzalez
1: hey welcome to the show my name is jim i am joined by greg and brad guys uh thanks for joining us glad uh glad everybody's here We're going to just jump right into the topic today, and uh, it's a big question that we get all the time and that we've seen a lot of people uh, post on our Facebook community. When is it time to hire a coach, and then how do I select a coach that's appropriate for me? And it comes with good reason. Let's face it. If you take a look at professional athletes, they have coaches. Tom Brady, the GOAT, more Super Bowls than anybody else. Guess what he had through his entire career? A coach. Tiger Woods at the height, at the absolute height of his awesomeness, had a swing coach. Did he need a swing coach? Nope. Did he have a swing coach? You better believe it. Why? Because it helped him become a better golfer. Michael Jordan, did he have a coach? You know he did. Uh, People have coaches. Successful, highly successful people have coaches. But the big question is, look, coaching's expensive. Do I need one and when should I get one? So I just want to throw that out right to the group, and I know, I know, Greg, you are a big believer in coaching, and you, you were an early adopter of this in your practice and in your in your life. When when did you start to uh, when did you start to to engage a coach in your practice?
2: Yeah, the, um, gosh, it was probably about uh, five or six years ago, I, I would say, and immediately, I hired a guy who. Um, had been in the business for decades, and I mean, was just like an all-star advisor. Just I, I learned so much from the guy, but I wanted to find somebody who had been there, had been in the trenches, had had a lot of experience as an advisor. I didn't want to hire somebody who kind of knew about the business, you know, a little bit, but hadn't actually been in the in my shoes, right? So man, uh, immediately, this guy kind of shortened the learning curve. And I, I always thought to myself, I should have hired this guy right from the beginning. I should have just found a way to to just pay his fee, what whatever it was. And my success would have probably been double. I'd be double. I, I can honestly say that I'd be double where I am right now if I would have hired him from the beginning. So um, people put it off for too long. You think, oh, I'll figure it out on my own. And it's a huge mistake. Why not learn from people who've already been there? You know, they've already made the mistakes. They they can answer just from years and years of experience, everything you're going through.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think it's fascinating when you said that I hired somebody that was in the business as opposed to. I, look, how, how many failed advisors decide to go start digital marketing firms or, or coaching firms? Like every coach I that has engaged me or every digital marketer says, oh, I used to be an advisor. I'm like, oh, that means you failed. Th- thanks for <laughs> telling me that you're going to show me how to bring leads in when you couldn't have never done it as an advisor. Or you're going to be a coach. So finding somebody that's successful. And the other thing I thought that was really cool, Greg, that you said was, it really uh it really gave you like skip skip everything and go to go. Like it really was a fast pass in your career. So I think that's fantastic. Brad, how about you? What do you what do you think? When is it time for somebody to hire a coach?
3: I probably waited until year three or close to year three. And for me personally, it was because I knew I I wasn't I was missing something. I wasn't getting it. So I went on this big spree of coaching, mentoring, book reading, sales training, because I just recognized my own. I was like, oh, I'm, this ain't going to work as is. So, I mean, I've had coaching and mentoring throughout most of my career. And I think the thing that I've just always kept in mind, I don't, I've heard lots of people say this. I don't know when the first time I heard it was, but nobody has a monopoly on, on good ideas. Uh, Jim's smiling. Maybe I heard it from him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you
1: know, I don't think you I, never, I You didn't hear it from me, although I have repeated it um, when you're when you're, you're taught when you're uh, at Edward Jones and you're knocking on doors and they say, oh, well, Jim, I have an advisor. Oh, that's great. You know, I expect you to have an advisor. I mean, look at this f- fabulous house you're in. And but just remember, nobody has the market cornered on good ideas. So I'm just laughing back to my uh, yeah. my, my door knocking days where I used to drop that line constantly.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I've heard the line integrated into a cold call rebuttal pitch also. But I mean, it's it's also true. It's also I I bet you I bet Ken Fisher could glean something from, uh, you know, a a monthly mastermind group or or whatever. I mean, it it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, no one has the best ideas on everything. So I, I will echo what Greg said, though. I think it's important. I always look to people that have experience in the industry, successful experience in the industry. I always do that too, guys. Whenever there's like, if I meet a wholesaler, a, a lead vendor, and anything, it's like, yeah, I used to be an advisor. And it's like, well, I already know the story because if you were good at it, you'd still be one. Yeah. You know, I would much rather do this than sell lead lists. <laughs> right. um, but also, you know, you have to find someone, I think, that not only is successful, but success has been successful on a path that you are traveling or that you want to travel. And I'm going to give you the example of, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a regular, regular guy, right? Regular middle-class guy. Um, I not have any connections. I do not have any family in the business. I wasn't getting any assets. I wasn't joining a team. So, I mean, I wasn't poor, but i just a regular guy. I need someone that's, you know, to, I need to follow a path that fits that model. Um, You know, someone that maybe stepped into their dad's $50 million book, don't leave another one-star review, please. I'm just saying, it. I'm not saying it in a derogatory way, right? You're not gonna be able to help me when I have three clients and it's my wife and my parents, right? Likewise, to be fair, you know, let's say someone was inheriting a 50 or $100 million book from, from their parent and maybe that process um, had to be accelerated for health reasons or something. I don't know that, that any of us would be a good fit to coach that person. We've never, we've never handled a
1: transition like that. Yeah. Not, not for the first 24 months after you've, after you've handled the transition, we can help you, but during that process, we're not, we're not a good fit for that. Like we're sure we, we've not traveled down that road. Yeah. Yeah, I think think those are great points, Brad, Brad, for sure.
2: Just like I can't coach somebody on how to grow a business, taking over four hundred one ks and and getting in that market because I don't have any four hundred one ks on the book. That's the, that's business I turn away. I don't want anything to do with it. So if that's what you want to go after, I am the last person you want to talk to. Brad's got some experience with uh, it, uh, teachers and and four hundred three bs and that kind of thing. But but yeah, that is a great point. Is find someone who's gone down the exact path that you want to go down and you know, talk him into, to coaching you, mentoring you. Um, what great advice, Brad?
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm here for, that, buddy. I, <laughs> that's, that's why we pay Brad the big bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I echo all those same sentiments. I think you've, um, I started, I found a coach about year three. Um, I decided uh, I'm kind of on that same journey. Like you don't know what you don't know. And you, you, you like you know instinctively like what the job is you need to go find a, new clients but there's so many nuances to our business and let's be honest it's a really isolating business as well like y- y- if you're an advisor you're sort of on your own I and mean, there's not a lot of people and the and the people that might give you advice is it really the advice you, the people you want to take advice from are they really running the practices or or doing the things you want to do so i started that journey as well and found people and it really helped accelerate my growth the same kind of thing that, um, that Greg had, it really, it really put me in a position to be significantly more successful. It helped me, you know, all of a sudden I didn't really have a defined sales process, but somebody showed me how to build one. That was life-changing for me at that moment. Here's where I think advisors get in their own way. Advisors, generally speaking, are instinctively cheap. Like not all of them. They want to take all the money out of their business and they want to go spend it on their cars and their lifestyle. And they don't want to reinvest back in marketing, generally speaking, or in coaching. And I encourage all of our listeners to have a coaching budget. You know, budget five to $10,000 a year. This is not a big expense, guys. Spending $10,000 a year in order to bring in 20% more assets or, or get 20% more referrals is not a big expense. But have a coaching budget every year. Have a marketing budget. But you definitely need a coaching budget. Look, I go to conferences. Like I go to, I go to. I, right now, I'm sitting in a hotel room at a, at a conference where one of my mentors is, and I'm sitting down with him, having these conversations. And this is what everybody should do—not this specific conference, but I'm just saying, like, you really need to make a commitment to do this. But here's what you don't want in a coach. And I want to kick it around to the to the guys. I, I don't think you want to coach somebody who is in a completely different position than you. If you You know, if you're running a $500 million practice, you don't want a coach who failed out of the business, generally speaking, (laughs) right? Right. It's that's probably not the right guy for you. You probably don't want a coach who has never been an advisor or never run a organization because your business is so large. You're probably not in the solo lifestyle kind of realm any longer. That doesn't mean there's not things to gleam and get better but you probably want somebody who's a little bit more on your path. What are some other things we need to stick, stay away from uh, when we're talking about coaching, guys? Jim, I wanted to throw something out We were talking.
3: Um, stay away from avoiding it because of the cost, but also you were throwing out five and $10,000, which are minuscule numbers in this industry. But remember guys, whether it's marketing or coaching, multiply the cost by about 0. 0.6 because that's what it actually costs you. Remember all this stuff that we talk about: marketing, seminars, coaching, whatever. It's all deduct- deductible, so you're paying almost fifty percent off when it comes down to it in real dollars. That's a
2: great. Point. And I deduct everything. I it's, did, it. you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to a conference, if I'm, you know, my coach, whoever it is, I'm boy, I'm going to deduct that on my taxes. That's a business expense, right? Um, but also, it's I, I don't know if it was Jim or Brad or Jeff or who it was, but when paying for the coach, thinking, okay whatever it is you know the mastermind what is this going to to pay me and it it should end up what you learn and 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 how you develop as an advisor should pay you tenfold over the years right yeah. uh you know I'll give you an example jim actually took the time to teach me the his seminar process and immediately my seminar process increased by 20% not only the the, the response, like the, the happiness of the people there at the event, but the meetings and the business that followed, what was that worth to me over my, my lifespan as a career of a, as an advisor? Oh my goodness. I mean, you, you almost can't put a number on it.
1: I, I'm still waiting for um the check by the way, for that.
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, you didn't get the Lone Star gift card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, the, the here's the thing with coaching it, it doesn't like revolutionize your business it doesn't change everything you know but like right. one nugget one one adjustment to your process one thing you do that will be different will have huge impact for you and I, I think you're right uh Greg when you multiply or I don't know who said this but one of you guys when you when you get when you if you spend 5,000 on coaching now, multiply that impact by 10. If you went to a legitimate person who's running the business, it's a huge deal. I'll tell you some of the most impactful coaching I've ever had. I went out and sat down with a group of advisors at their business, and they showed me everything show me their sales process, show me their conference rooms, show me their people, show me their systems, show me their, their seminars. I, it was expensive it was life-changing in a lot of ways because I realized all of a sudden, like, I can do this. These guys aren't smarter than me. They're just further along on the journey. And it, all of a sudden, now I got the fast pass. I could go back and and reverse engineer everything they did. And all of a sudden, my professionalism went from a four to an eight. Like, one, one meeting, eight grand. I know it's expensive, but it, and with the revenue advisors make, minuscule, and it just it just launched me into a different stratosphere. Um, for you guys, w- w- what are some things that have been impactful for you? Jim, you know, um,
3: have you guys ever heard of the people that uh, cold call um, and they talk about, they know that, you know, 98 no's gets to one yes and they would treat it as every time they got a no, they were getting closer to a yes. So I would always keep that in mind whenever it co- would come to spending money on on marketing or coaching or something that was to bring in assets. I, I'd always try and think about what's this going to mean to me, right? Like if I spend this $5,000, what's it likely going to bring back in assets? And I would almost get that like cold calling mindset to be like, if I can just spend 10,000 more dollars on this, I'm that much closer to the $2 million that I expect from that activity. I I don't know why I just have always kept that as a way to keep me, you know, from falling in the penny pinching, uh, you know, mindset of being like, I don't want to, I don't want to buy those leads or I don't want to spend the money for that last seminar. I keep it in perspective of what am I getting closer to by doing that? And of course, to do that, you have to think about what your expectations are from the money that you spend, of course.
1: Yeah. And I I think the other value around this is that um, it creates accountability. Again, one of the hard things, especially as an independent advisor, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe even not, maybe not an independent advisors, that accountability, Like all of a sudden, like you set a goal, you're really not accountable to anybody. But if you set a goal publicly, like, uh, we, you know, for, for folks who are listening, we have a group coaching program. I'm not sure if people knew about it. We've just launched it. It's called the century club. And you can go to the again, that's the sign up for the century club. But look, it's a very limited group of people. I mean, we, 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 we're really curating the list of advisors in there. So we're not taking everybody. We're taking people that want to grow, uh, have great personalities, want to be accountable to each other. But you put a goal out there with 20 other advisors or 15 or whatever we're going to cap it at. It's going to be a low number. Uh, it's going to help you get better. When you, when you when you have accountability partners and people checking up on you and asking you how things are going, guess what happens? You get better. And I think, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, we've got a group of accountability partners with each other. Like we 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 hold each other accountable for what we say we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And I I guarantee you that helps us hit our goals. Would you guys disagree or agree with that? Agree completely.
2: Agree completely. Yeah, being being uh, connected to, you know, both of you guys and Jeff as well, I mean, my success has probably skyrocketed as a as a benefit of that. So, yeah, so so thank you guys. So if we can that's part of the reason why so many people have been asking us to put together something like this Century Club, um, b- because hey, they they know there's a lot that can they can learn from us, and um, and success leaves tracks. Remember that success leaves tracks, and don't try to reinvent the wheel. That's the best advice I can give someone. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to come up with some magic formula. Just figure out what's working for other people. Kind of make it your own, and then just implement it. Best advice
1: I can give. That is spot on too. <laughs> if yep. you go to a practice and they're doing more business than you, and they have a process that's more defined and better, why would you try to recreate it? Just take it. That's right. And that's that's what we share with our group. That's what we share with our group. What's our sales process? What's our marketing process? What's our closing pro? What's our client service pro- model? All of those things help you become a better advisor quicker. Now, the other thing you can do—you don't have to join a group—you can find a mentor. Like a mentor is a a really big deal. And and Brad, have you ever had a mentor in the business? Oh, many. And they've been impactful, right? For sure, for sure.
3: Um, The not—it's funny—the not having to reinvent the wheel. If something's working, that's easily one of the top three concepts that's that's put me where I am today for sure. If you find if you get the if you're privileged enough to to get to observe and learn something that already works, you do not need to mess with it. Right, you can get your own and roll with it.
2: Can, can I bring up something kind of somewhat off topic uh, where yeah. I made a mistake in the beginning? <laughs> is is I got the wrong coach or the wrong mentor? I found someone that was free. And you know who I'm talking about? When I was early in the business, I was thinking, gosh, I I need to really hone up on these investment products. And who was the only person that would meet with me for free is all those wholesalers. (laughs) And and I I would say, oh, I need, I need to get this, this knowledge. I need to really understand how this mutual fund works and the, you know, the, the tactical management, heaven forbid, and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I need to understand how this annuity works. And, and I was learning from the wrong people they were trying to teach me how to sell more of their product and the, the ins and outs of it. And that's exactly not who I wanted to learn from. But again, I was young in the business. It was free to meet with them. And, and those are the people to avoid. So today there's about one or two wholesalers I even meet with. I want to be meeting with the, the, the Jim and Brad's of the world. I don't want to be meeting with some guy trying to sell me something that just The only way he benefits from this relationship is if I sell more, recommend more of his product. Big mistake. Big, big mistake.
1: Yeah. And there are some great wholesalers. So I don't, you know, I don't want to sell any of these wholesalers short because um, we've all encountered a couple that were really good. And and the best ones are the aggregators of of ideas where they, they meet with so many advisors and they kind of curate and pull the very best ideas and they share them with you. But to Greg's point, Look, they, they are the used car salesmen of the industry, many of them, and, and they're there to get you to sell their annuity or their mutual fund or their REIT or whatever it is. And if you take their advice, it can lead you down the wrong path. I've done it personally too. When you said it, I almost like I wanted to crawl back in my chair. When I was first in the business. They would spend so much time with me, you know, like nobody wanted to talk to me. then. So they would talk to me and um, I don't, I have been taking a wholesaler meeting. I don't know. In like eight years now, um, that's probably to my detriment. I probably should for a couple of them dimensional and some other people, but um, yeah, be careful there. What, what Brad, what do you what, have? Have you had similar experiences? I have. And, and I
3: agree with what you said that, I mean, I don't know if it's the 80, 20 rule or something else, probably not, but there are some. It's a small percentage, but there are some real value-added wholesalers out there. Um, I, same thing. I I, I talked to one or two. I talked to two on an ongoing basis for several years that actually provide a, a decent amount of value to me. And uh, both guys are people that w- whenever we get together uh, for business, um, their question is the only thing they have to present to me is pretty much, what do you need? What can I help with? What are you working on? How can I slot in with what you're doing to help you? Not the guy who's like, you need to check out our new RILA or you need to check out, our, you know, this new income rider. Like, no, you don't even I could be I could be a totally different person. And you're sitting here telling me the same things. It's just a standard pitch. But the guys that are like and, and you know, I think a lot of a lot of service partners and vendors, whether it's a wholesaler or a, or a coach or or any other vendor that's the attitude that you want them to have is, you know, what do you have going on? And how can I, how can my service or product help you? Yeah.
2: Brad, as Brad, as your trusted wholesaler, I'd love to sit down with you, go through your book of business, find all the annuities that are out of surrender and see where this might be a good fit for,
1: for your, your clients. (laughs) Well, Warren, I would like you to take me to lunch. <laughs> yeah, this is another. This is just the ancillary. But if you're going to meet with a wholesaler, you only do it at lunchtime or breakfast time. Do, yep. do not let them come into your office at ten o'clock. You tell them that I only do lunch meetings, and you choose the nicest damn restaurant <laughs> in town, and you you make them buy you lunch if they're going to pitch you. Do not let them pitch you over the phone or in your office. <laughs> There's got to be food involved. But um, yeah, I think those are. Uh, I think the, the other thing I would throw out is, you know, coaching has gotten like really big. Like First Trust does coaching, and I actually think their coaching stuff is decent. Sometimes it's not customized to the individual, but it's, you know, it's practice management stuff. But a lot of FMOs and TAMS and other places will offer some coaching, and I would just be um, just be careful on some of that. There's some really great people there. Uh, But there's also some people that have very specific agendas, and their agendas are for you to sell more so they make more money. And you have to be very careful. Like a coach, the best coaches are the ones like Brad just referred to. What – what where are you trying to go and what are you trying to do and how can I help? That's really it. It's not – it's not – in fact, I used to be at at an FMO way back when, and their answer to every question I ever had was spend more money on marketing. That was – that was the answer to every question I had. You want to know why? Because the more money I spent on marketing, the more the more stuff I would sell. The more stuff I would sell, guess what? They they, they benefited from it. So their answer to every problem I ever had, oh, you know, I'd like to take more vacation. We'll spend more money on marketing, Jim. <laughs> 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 so you just have to be careful. Well, guys, I think this has been a pretty fascinating conversation about coaching And, um, you know, I, I hope this helps a lot of our listeners out, but I want to kind of go around the horn, uh, for final comments as we, as we close up this episode, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Greg. No, we're starting with me. I already have something I want to say. Brad, I don't want, I don't want Greg. You can't steal Brad's thunder. Go right ahead, Brad. (laughs) No,
3: I was just going to say, you know, in the former FMO's defense, a large majority of the time,
1: most problems can be solved by spending more on marketing. (laughs) No, absolutely. No doubt. You know, so you know, you know, like, we talked about this um in our last episode. Growth solves most problems. Yeah. It really does. Growing solves more problems, for sure. Sorry, good. Yeah.
2: No, Thanks. you're fine. What, what what I what I would um, you know, my my last thought for this episode, it's been a great discussion today, is to kind of think about if you were to get coaching where, where are the areas of improvement? What, what can be, what can be tweaked? What can be improved? And for example, when I first hired my coach back in the day, um, I, um, I hired a guy, we'll call him destiny. And, uh, he, uh, he destiny really helped with my, my meeting process, my sales process. So he said, where where are some areas that you want to improve in? And I said, well, my my closing ratio at that point was lower than, than I wanted. And so he said, well, kind of walk me through that sales process. When somebody comes in, what does it look like? And, and, and he kind of pointed out areas of improvement and bam, my results took, took off. He basically said, if I would have been in your shoes, I would have done X, Y, and Z. and, and man, I just thought, oh, okay, the next time someone comes in, I'm walk through his sales process with somebody and it was like magic. But the guy had been doing it for like 40 years. So, if you're out there and you and you were thinking, if you're considering hiring a coach, figure out where you can improve. What would what would benefit you most from hiring? The, it could be marketing. Jim mentioned marketing. I think um spending more money on marketing Yes, that could increase growth, but if you were like me and you were, your seminar process just was was really crappy, because hey, you kind of just a, a self taught seminar guy. I think you know hiring a coach in in you know our, our Century Club certainly you can learn from somebody like Jim, who has so much experience doing seminars the right way. I, I think if if. If you can improve your marketing process, the seminar delivery and everything that goes into it, you'll ultimately have better success. So, but just I get I think just by spending more money, um, I had a guy when I first started out. His his answer to everything was direct mail. Direct mail was the thing. Just just get lists and and it was the whole build good system and all that kind of stuff. That may have worked back in the eighties. It doesn't work anymore. Right. So uh so figure out, yeah, that's my my last tip is figure out if you were to get a coach, where can you improve in what areas? Is it your sales process? Is it marketing? Is it uh you know, client service at this point? Is it investment management? What
3: is it? Just just so that I followed that correctly, your the coach that you found was uh what you said about a 40-year, 40 40-year 40 veteran.
2: Yeah, I would say the guy was like in his late 60s when I hired him. Destiny is uh, his
3: name. You found a coach almost 70 years old, a guy named Destiny. I'm going to call him. That's his nickname, Brad. (laughs) You'll have to forward me Destiny's contact information. I might want to hire him. (laughs)
1: That's great. Yeah, I would. um, My final thoughts are pretty simple is that um, the very best athletes at the very top of their game in the world have a coach. So anybody who doesn't think they need one is a bit narcissistic. And, and it's okay, by the way. There's there's a lot of that in the financial advisor space. There's a lot of people that know everything that say, oh, I, I won't benefit from it. I don't need help. And uh, God bless you. I think that's great. You get to run your business however you want. Uh, but with that said, I think that everybody should have a marketing budget. They, they should have a coaching budget. Uh, and you should always 100% be um focused on getting better. And, and and a coach can help you. And think about this from a cost benefit perspective. If you hire a coach and you spent 10 grand, how many clients do you need to get to make that worth it? So sometimes we just get in our own way. Like we're we're so small-minded as advisors sometimes that we think about uh, what's what's the value add for it? And I don't know. I, I just think that there's some real opportunity there for people to get better. Brad, I I didn't mean to skip over you. I I, I think you've given me your last thought, but did you have anything la- left before we close up shop today?
3: No, no, I'm good. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to follow up with Greg's coach and, uh, and move on with my day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Greg is destiny's child. So, you know, um... <laughs> Yeah. So, guys, um, one thing we're really uh, we're really pumped to announce uh, for everybody who's listening to uh, listening today is we, we we put together a group um, called the Century Club. And it's for people that want to hit, you know, one hundred million dollars plus businesses. They want to grow. They want hit, to hit the business of their dreams. It's a very limited group of people. Uh, we are handpicking those folks. Uh, go out to the faedge dot com. Uh, put your name on the wait list or sign up. And uh, we'd love to love to put you in our group if it makes sense, if you're the right advisor and we're the right group for you. But even if we're not, I highly encourage you to find somebody who will do a great job for you, at least somebody to bounce ideas off of and who you grow. Find somebody who's done it before, who's doing it now, and that will give you a leg up on those. Well, let's just call them people that kind of fell out of the business and found coaching. So find some folks who really want to help you grow again, theFAedge.com join the century club. I think you'll be very pleased you did, but thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully this helped you and, uh, have a great week.